This Bee Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. Yeah, IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com forward slash B. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for FlexBlocks. Win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Yeah, make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com slash BE. We need a jingle. Totally need a jingle. We got a jingle. Edutech Guys Radio. radio Radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site and this program for those who participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. Hello and welcome to this episode of Edutech Guys Radio, brought to you by Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative and Hope Public Schools, both located in Hope, Arkansas. Beautiful Hope, Arkansas. I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm glad to be here with David Henderson and... Uh, What's your name? I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why is there a fish on the table? Greg Moore! Fish hey, a fish on the table. Hey, I also in Hope, Arkansas this week, we'll just go ahead and give a shout out. The guys will be like, hey, this wasn't in the liner notes. <laughs> um, this weekend is the Hope Arminal Festival kicking off. Oh, it is. Uh, this, I did not even weekend. realize. I sure is. So, just goes to show you how plugged in we are to the local. <laughs> you. I tell you, the We're stuff I put up with. We hide in a basement. That's, that's so, yeah, this weekend is the uh, Hope Watermelon Festival. Um, big festival uh, every year. Lots of crafts and funnel cakes and watermelon. Melon. Uh, I'll be bringing my cat down to the Watermelon Festival, Mr. Walter Malone. Mr. Mr. Yeah, Walter Yeah, you get that Malone. one. Anyway, so, yeah, the Watermelon Festival is going on here at Hope. I think it's the 742nd. No, is that 742nd Watermelon Festival? I'm not really sure which Watermelon Festival it is. But, I'm uh, slow. What did you say? Uh, we're you just didn't pick up on the wall. I didn't pick up the wall. Uh, if you're just not tuning in, you're listening to radio.edutechguys.com. Uh, radio fun times with the Edutech Guys. <laughs> also, today we're on Periscope. So if you'd like to watch us and listen to us on Periscope, uh, that is Edutech Guys on Periscope. Just go to Periscope, type in Edutech Guys, and you'll find us. Uh, that's our, our Periscope Twitter handle. And that's our Twitter handle, so at EduTechGuys, if you want to drop something to us. Um, once again, welcome to the show. Uh, we have a fun show today. We have no guests today. <laughs> we are our own guests. We are our own guests, but um, we are going to kick some things off with uh, some news happening in education, talk about several things such as uh, the uh, myth of digital natives, and we're also going to talk about research on iPads in the classroom, among other things. Uh, and then um, later... We'll also hear from our featured artist of the week, the Shane Howard Band, and uh, we'll also uh, have a Google tip uh, to share. So. Yeah, I know. I hope you're listening. We hope that you'll spread the word. Uh, starting in the next two weeks, uh, some schools actually in the country started this week. So uh, it's time for those public education sites to get kicking again, and the kids are coming back to school. So um, want to still listen to us. Uh, we will probably keep the same format. Um, it just might be pre-recorded. Uh, we're, we haven't really discussed that yet, but we'll, we'll hopefully keep this show rolling all throughout the year. Hopefully. Um, I'd like to throw out the this Saturday, and I'll throw it out again. Um, I will be doing a, uh, a, um, an Ed Camp Periscope at 1 o'clock uh, concerning using Mixler in the classroom and broad, having your own broadcast show from your classroom. That's uh, this Saturday at 1 o'clock on Periscope. All you have to do is go to hashtag Ed Camp Periscope. We'll talk about it some more in, in this show. Uh, that's kind of why we're using Periscope, because this guy over here, Greg, Greg, 
he uh, he just he said, "Hey, you, we should periscope the show this week." And I'm, I did. When Anytime did I David I and I can put a multiple stream <laughs> of us out that. there on the web, we're in for it. So, um, yeah, it's gonna be a gonna be a fun uh, fun show and a fun weekend. Awesome. Quietness. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. <laughs> so uh, no, I guess we, we jump into some. So this week on the show, since we have no guests, uh, we're gonna probably get pretty in depth with most of our edtech news. Uh, it is time for school to start back. Um, we do have at the end our Google tip of the week, which we hope Google you like. Google tip of the um, week. But we will do, probably do, 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 uh, do, do, do. get into some really cool stuff. I think the first one that is on everybody's mind and lips, and uh, some people would say, unfortunately, on their computer at this point, is Windows 10. Oh. Yeah, I had to. Oh. And I, you know, it's really sad. I, I shouldn't Speaking bash Windows. Speaking a knife and twist it. Yeah. I mean, we would all agree that no matter what platform you use, in, in my mind, and I could be wrong here, but the greatest server platform in the world for the last 15 years. For Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for, in, for, internal, for internal network services. Yeah, Microsoft yeah, makes it great. Pretty much. I would say they've, they've had a hard time with their operating system because people want easy and pretty. That and the fact that it's just they're they're beholden to hardware manufacturers yeah. so the, they they make the operating system and the operating system itself is pretty great but then drivers muck it up and then they get all sorts of additional the the, the hardware manufacturers have to make up the cost of having very low margin hardware by including all sorts of quote unquote extra software right. value added software i believe is what they they refer <laughs> to it as Value-added um, software. Is that what comes on the HP? Yeah, yeah it's the value-added software. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. I've seen some interesting quotes out there. I've seen some actual articles that were kind of ridiculous, like, why you should move to Windows 10 in education. It's really funny. I think the, the, the idea behind that was it looks and acts more like Chrome and iOS. And I, and I think that was kind of the thing. Is like, okay, now we have big pictures, and and that's what they'll tell you when you look at Microsoft uh, Ten, Windows Ten. What's what's the top feature? New Start Menu, uh, bigger bigger squares, bigger squares, pretty pictures. But you know, more touch um, friendly. It is more friendly, and I mean that's interesting. Um, I, I have to tell you, the one that I saw that made me laugh the best was uh, it's like getting in an old refrigerator and trying to navigate a. Uh, a, uh, a, 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 sl a slalom run with the old refrigerator. <laughs> I was like, geez. It's not that, is it that bad. Come on. Well, the new cursor is an old refrigerator. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would actually find that hilarious. That would be quite <laughs> funny. Um, no, I mean, but uh, so what's interesting, like, think about what's really cool. The, uh, the key logger is pretty cool. Yes, everybody's been all up in arms about some of the, the quote-unquote privacy-related fe uh, <clears throat> features, quote-unquote. Um, the, the main one I think everybody I've heard get all up in arms about is the, the whole new Wi-Fi password sharing feature, where now if you have friends through Skype or somehow through Windows Live you can actually share your wireless password with other people using Windows 10 or if they've got Windows 10 phones, all two of them. Hmm. Uh, you can... See, then he goes and bashes uh, the phone. The phone I'll bash because, I mean, that's just silly. <laughs> that's just silly. Uh, but, yeah, apparently now you, your passwords are shared with these friends and people are all freaking out about that because it's, it, it's on by default. It's an opt-out feature, and it's, it's actually buried under, whenever you're installing Windows 10 from scratch, it's actually buried under, like, advanced setup, and it's, like, in little tiny blue text. So if you don't, if you don't read carefully and click the button for advanced setup or what have you, you wind up getting opted into this. Well, so is it only sharing the Wi-Fi password if you're on the same Wi-Fi? Nope. No, so it's sharing it whatever your Wi-Fi passwords are. Now, it says, here you go. So even if I'm using, you know, so if I'm using my machine, um, let's say at work, at the office, right, and we've got a Wi-Fi password here, now that's on my Windows 10 machine. I take my machine home, I fire up a game, I'm playing a game with, uh, you know, Windows Live or, or right. whatever other variants, that automatically gets shared with my friends who are on there, even though it's my corporate. Now, I, I could be mistaken, but I believe it's not enabled on Windows 10 Pro and Enterprise. So in, on, in a corporate setting, <laughs> that won't happen. So it's just all the home users. Oh, all the home exactly users get to share all their home great. passwords. So, yeah. you know, hey. So, you know, 
So, you know, go to work and buy your stuff from Amazon. Don't trust no. doing it at the, at the house. Well, see, that is why at my house, I don't even bother to put a password on my Wi-Fi because uh, oh. there's no reason to share. <laughs> you know, you live in the country. I, I do. Like, I do. Yes. The only person, did, the, 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 only, the only folks hacking my network are the cows in the backyard. I was going to say, I saw some cows with <laughs> yeah. some. Don't discount the squirrels. Those well, guys are that's just. That's well, But it's really odd that, it, that but you, still like that's... nine out of ten cows use Windows phones. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's from the gateway days. That's what <laughs> the bovines like. The bovine, yeah. This is uh, bad. This is really, really <laughs> bad. We've lost our minds. Anyway, yeah. the uh, but what? yeah. Now it's not technically actually sharing the password in plain text. It's actually sharing it in encrypted form. So it's not like that they could easily find that password on their phones or whatever. The phone or the device would automatically join without the user actually being able to see the password. That said. Anytime you've got any encrypted anything on a machine and it's going to decrypt it automatically for you, somebody somewhere is going to make a utility that's going to get that password pretty darn easily. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, so it's, it all comes down to how much do you actually trust your friends? Um, <laughs> so Because, I mean, okay, if you're, if you're going to have friends over to your house, you're going to give them the Wi-Fi password anyway if they're going to be there for any decent amount of time. Theoretically. Theoretically, sure. yeah. So... Yeah, it's it's one of those features that's very hotly debated. Some see it as like, oh yeah, that's so convenient. And others are like, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> uh, I just, you know, here's the funny thing about that though. I, you know, I'm I'm thinking, I, I do. I I'm 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 a gamer online. Mm-hmm. You know, I I play. So I'm thinking most of the people I play who are my online friends, they are my online friends. Right. I wouldn't necessarily meet them. I wouldn't know who they are if they walked up to me. There's a good chance they're not going to be at my house, thus not sharing my Wi-Fi password. And by the way, I sure hope that you picked a unique Wi-Fi password that you aren't sharing with like your banking site or anything else because, again, if somebody gets this Wi-Fi password and they can decrypt it, you've got your password for everything. I'll be right back. (laughs) 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 Ah, yeah. So, um, uh, okay, we'll jump ahead. New login feature. I understand now it has facial recognition with the cameras. Yep. That, that explains the commercial with the little babies and stuff about, you know, they'll log in with their face. I don't know if right, you've seen exactly. the Windows 10 commercials on TV. I've set my password to I log in with my face actually. as it is, or I just bash my face against the keyboard. <laughs> that's my password. So, and, and I understand there's a fingerprint scanner coming. Yeah, I can't remember if it's the fingerprint scanner that's that's yet to come or if it's the facial recognition that's yet to come. That worked really well for uh, Toshiba's and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you, and so, uh, Solitaire. Yes, and the, that's, the, that's the other the thing. The Windows that 10 people. killer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because we all know how, how beloved Solitaire is in the Windows world because it's like the only thing you can play if you're stuck at work and you have no internet access. Uh, yeah, it's now, it's now freemium. It's got ads. So in order, to, and in order to get rid of the ads, you can pay Microsoft a certain amount of money and then the ads go away. But it's, it's a monthly subscription. It's ongoing. It's not even a one-time fee. It's a monthly subscription that you pay a couple of dollars to not see ads. And thus, why Microsoft is giving it away for free. <laughs> well, that's a, you know, Microsoft lost a lot of money this last year. And this is how they're going to make it back. It's either that. By selling or, solitaire? I think it's either that or it's completely the opposite. And we don't see it here. They're trying to dissuade humans from using solitaire anymore. I think I'm okay with that. Um, It's an anti-solitaire movement. It's an anti-solitaire movement. Anti-solitaire. It happens. You know, it's funny. I was looking at, uh, so continue. Well, it is is a social world. We we should move away from solitary activity. (laughs) That was pretty good. No, it was (laughs) That was a stretch. So, you know, checking out some of the stuff online, uh, there's a lot of sites that are talking about, you know, the top, 10 things with, with, you know, the top 10 things of windows 10. Yeah. It's really funny. The one is the start menu, which is, yeah, it's, it's a hybrid of, of the old windows seven windows XP start menu and And the tile features of eight. Yeah. So my, my number one question then becomes, uh, does anyone know if classic shell has been updated for windows 10? To give you back the, the to start give you menu. back the old start the old menu because you know I'm, sure. I'm assuming I'm you'll be sure able to get rid of that. Shell yeah. has been, but I know that at the very least one of those I, I read somewhere that yes, you can actually add. 
If you don't like the tiles, you can get rid of the tiles and add a third-party application to get ah, a regular okay. old start menu. There you go. Personally, the tiles do not offend me. They haven't they haven't yet flipped me off or, or you know, insulted my mother. You got the wrong tiles. <laughs> <laughs> Let me uh, tell you. So the uh, another one is windowed windows store apps. Did I say that three times? Windowed windows. Who? Windowed windows store apps. All right, then. So basically, yeah, the old windows store apps were just ones that would run in what used to be called Metro, and then they couldn't call Metro because it was licensed by somebody else, and so it became some other, like, generic term. But everybody still refers to it as Metro. Um, <laughs> so you, through the Windows Store, you used to only be able to get uh, Metro apps, supposedly, and now you can get w Metro apps that don't run in the full-screen mode, but the Metro apps will actually run in a window. Um, and that's one of the features. And so they're still not... <laughs> they're still not really. I, I they're still not real. I, so, I guess I don't. I, so, I, I've never. I've never partaken in the App Store at Microsoft. Right. So, I, I, I guess you know. I think of uh, when when, I, when I'm thinking of a software store. I'm thinking along the lines of say, oh, I don't know, like steam or right. uh, you know that then, kind of thing and obviously honestly that's... i haven't ever partaken of the windows okay. app store either so right. yeah we're, we're pulling some stuff out of our hat there oh uh, right. and, and it's it a good be... thing you're wearing one yes exactly you know uh cortana seems to be one of the things that they say is a big deal so we'll move on uh, oh. then there's the edge browser <laughs> which now that's I, I saw a great article that said the reason you should move to edge browser right now before you move back to chrome is your default <laughs> <So>. <laughs> But you know it is HTML5, and it's it's dropped all the other junk. Hey, no more ActiveX, thank but goodness. That's for good. certain places that have to have all that stuff, because the software has not been upgraded for cloud. I love cloud-based software that is you know the least cloud-friendly as it can be. It's like oh mm -hmm. yes, it's it's a web-based software. Java, Flash, and, yeah. you know, right. seventeen yes. plugins later that you must update every fifteen minutes. But so Spartan was its its code, um, name. code name, and now it's it's the Edge. So. I understand that uh, U2's guitar player has a lawsuit. Oh. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, virtual desktops. So that's... Uh, virtual desktops the is... Apple's expose? Uh, it's pretty much, yeah. That's, or it's it's it, it's not just expose. It's, uh, what do they call it, mission control? Because it used to be just expose, and it didn't have the multiple desktops right. in there. So, but, yeah, it's, it's startlingly similar to mission control. It has the multiple desktops. The only difference is the... Multiple desktops are along the bottom of the screen instead of along the top of the screen. But aside from that, it's pretty much the same thing. I'm hurrying through these. Action Center, which I believe is the Notification Center. Pretty much. You can turn you can turn off some of the basic functions in Action Center, which is not something that you see in OS X. You can like turn on and off the Wi-Fi, turn on and off the Bluetooth. Yeah. Um, it's sort of like uh, like on your phone, the the quick little yeah. slide-up pane where you can turn on <clears> that stuff real quick. That's cool. Uh, Revamped core apps. I understand they re rebuilt mail and all that kind of good stuff. And yep. Runs faster. The Xbox app. Yeah, you can actually stream Xbox games to your Windows machine. Um, so, yeah, if, you, if your kid or significant other or perhaps your parent is on the television and you want to play some Xbox games and all you've got is your Windows 10 machine, you can then have the video streamed to your laptop or your desktop or what have you and play games on there. So that's kind of cool. I, what the, the problem? I don't know if it's a problem or not. I guess, but I guess you know there was a lot of talk about Xbox integration with Windows 10, and that was really supposed to be one of the biggest selling points. And then, really, when it's all said and done, I can stream my Xbox game to my PC. I, you know, I don't know. It seems to me Xbox is. I mean, it's just a PC. That's exactly what you know. know. It's just it's just a PC that's got very <laughs> particular hardware. You have not, gaming PCs. Not even really all that particular. No, it's well, it's, it's well, it's it's not like it's super high end. No, I mean it's. I guess particular is not the right word. Maybe specific. It's got specific right. hardware. Right. Yeah. All right, but still, you know, at its core, an Xbox is still just a gaming machine in a funky little console shape. Yeah. I, it just it surprises me <clears throat> that as a as a PC gamer that I can't play online games against Xboxers. I've got a PC playing. They've got an Xbox, which is right. a PC right. playing, and, and yet we still can't. And it's made you know, by. It's, they're both made and by they're Microsoft. both from Microsoft. Right. I, that's just it's crazy. Now, I and I really, were, I was really hoping that that was going to be a big Windows 10 uh, feature. I believe that was but. integrated at some point into Games for Windows Live. I could be mistaken there, but Games for Windows Live was uh, awful for it's, a, a number is. of reasons. Yes. Yes. Um, what I can't believe is the fact that they haven't actually made 
they haven't like introduced into Windows like an Xbox mode where you like boot into an uh, that's, Xbox. That's that's a very good point in itself. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, again, you know. again, now you would have they would have to institute some sort of like hardware certification program where you, like when you bought a graphics card, it's certified for Windows Box, or right? Whatever, or whatever they're they going to call, call it. it. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it meets certain minimum level specs. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. Again, it's the the, mod, the the current Xbox is using an x86 processor. Mm -hmm. It's not using anything strange. Right. Um, it's just your standard RAM. It's got a standard SATA hard disk in it. The only thing that may be a little bit odd is they may still be using, I'm not sure, if they're still using a slightly weirded format of optical media so you can't actually read them on like a PC. I, that's, I, and I believe that's part of the issue, but the, the <clears throat> kicker is you could actually read those from a standard PC drive if you had the, the software magic. decoder to go with right. it. Ah, oh, Windows box or whatever right, you want to exactly. call it. <laughs> Jeff looked like he was going to say something. I just sit like, back and let these guys go after it. We are way outside of Jeff's realm. I'm just going to read this one because when, when we talked about it earlier, the guys looked at me like I was crazy. Continuum. Continuum. The continuum. The operating system includes a handy continuum feature that dynamically switches the interface between the PC-friendly desktop and a Windows 8-like mode that's better suited for fingers, depending on how you're using the device. So it's funny... I don't see how it's that's the P they 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 vastly improved the PC use, but they didn't forget about their touchscreen users. Now, right. considering as much as they are pushing their piece, the Gravit, no, the Touchy Lot, no, what's the name of that thing that they? What's their what's their touch device? Their tablet. Oh, Surface. Surface. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they push as much as they push Surface. It seems like Windows 10 would you know, would be a push to sell more Surfaces. I mean, that just seems like it would be to me. And, and there's this piece in there called the Web Scribbler where you can write directly on web pages, you know, and then save that whole thing. They they seem to think that that's big, like a big, a big deal. Feature, right. Yeah. Uh, there it is, unified settings. And what's yeah. interesting about that is I love how it looks like um, the settings on, like, Chrome or OS X. And the unified settings thing... So unified settings is basically this panel that uh, it's basically like control panel, except not control panel anymore. Um, it's it, it's got all the control panel stuff, just with a, a much more touch friendly, flat metro like look to it. Um, but what I found confusing whenever I was setting up Windows 10 was the fact that somehow I managed to get into control panel, and I'm like, oh, I was just in. This unified thing, I thought this was the only place for these settings, and all of a sudden I'm back in the old control panel. And apparently you can set stuff in either in either location. Um, and some things are only available in the, what's funny is it's called the unified control panel, and it's actually caused it to be less unified than <laughs> yes, ever. I was just going to say, it's actually not so unified. Right, so there are some settings that are only in the unified control panel, or so it seems. I could have just missed them whenever I stumbled into the old control panel. Um, and it's actually kind of difficult to actually get to the old control panels. I'm not even sure how I actually wound up there. Well, I, I was just going to say, did you get like a little screen that says, you're not supposed to be here? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I did not. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it, that's kind of actually gone back. I'm, I'm thinking they'll probably drop the old control panel. They're just sort of leaving it in there so that they don't have a, a, a larger brouhaha over, oh, my gosh, they got rid of this old thing that all the its settings are still there. They just look different. Yes, yes. But yeah, but for now, it does feel. It kind of feels like whenever OS X was making the move, they were updating their server product, and they had this weird dual mode where they had some of the old workgroup manager stuff in one settings application. They had some of the new stuff in this other application. And oftentimes you'd have to have them both open so you could go, okay, I set everything except for the last step in this panel, and then I have to trans transition over to this panel and set up the last little bit. Right. Yeah, I'm thinking that will probably go away in Windows 10 Service Pack 2 or, you know. Well, to me it almost sounds like um, now this is going to step back a ways, but do you remember <laughs> when Windows 95 first came out and, like, you could, if you, if you opened up, the start menu and, and you, in fact, I think you even had to go to a command prompt. You could still run the old program manager oh, from wow. Windows 3.11. Oh, gosh. In Windows 95, and it was a throwback to right, help exactly. the people. Right. But it was so hidden that, I mean, you right. know, until somebody finally cracked the code, you know, there yeah. it was. But Speaking to of, me, it almost sounds like that's what they're doing. Like, it's still here, but we're going to... They've kind of put it under, you know, the stack of magazines in the corner. You yes, know? It's, yes. It's there if you want to find it, but yeah. 
or stumble uh, on speaking it. Speaking of settings and hidden things, have you have you heard of uh, God mode for the control panel? I have not heard of God mode. So for I, the I think this panel. was this was introduced in Windows 8. But uh, if you create a folder on your desktop and then title it God mode, and then it's like a it looks like a UUID string. It's a whole bunch of letters and numbers and everything. When you click on that folder, you get access to some like ultra super power user functions that you can turn off things that are otherwise really, really hidden. Not like just the lights on the Empire State Building. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you can actually turn off Niagara Falls. You can you can shift the color of the laser on the Death Star and see, you know. See, you can change the color of the moon. Yes. So yeah, but the, but can if, you bark at it? Can you so bark at if moon? you want to change something in Windows 10 and you can't otherwise find a fee, you know, I, a, a that button is, or that is very interesting. Yeah, I, you'll have to look it up online to get the uh, to get the the actual string that you actually need to title this folder. But if you title it God Mode in this magic string, when you click on the folder, it takes you to this super secret hidden control super panel. Super secret for club members only. Okay, I've had enough with uh, <laughs> Windows 10. You can't take any more. No more. All right. No more, no more. Oh, sorry. So what I'm going to throw about? it over to David. Last week we Are talked you? about the Bamies. The Bamies. We did. Um, you know, that was the first time, frankly, that any of us had even heard about the Bamies. Um, just to catch folks up quickly, uh, the Bamies are an educational uh, award program. So just like you have Oscars, that kind of stuff. Um, they have the Bamies, which uh, reward or award, I guess I should say, uh, folks that uh, achieve in various areas of education. And for the past um, three years, I guess, it's been live, uh, streamed live, and you could go, I guess, bammy.org and uh, view the stream for the award show. And through uh, a series of uh, really just, it's one of those uh, perfect storm catastrophes, uh, the Bammies are not able to stream this year. So instead of streaming it live, they're going to have some kind of uh, what they're calling these showcase awards. And so instead of streaming the whole program live, uh, from the sounds of it, they're going to have like these pre-produced pieces where they're going to, I guess, showcase uh, nominees or maybe showcase award winners. I'm not exactly sure how that's all going to work out. Um, but one of the things that was on the uh, BAMI blog was that they're hoping to basically just get through this year. Um, it happened really late. I mean, we're talking right, the BAMIs uh, actually uh, come about mid to late um, September, if memory serves. Uh, and so all of this just happened. So we're already, you know, late July, early August. There's just not time to recoup, uh, at least from what they're saying. There's not time to recoup and recover in order to be able to doing this live. Um, and so they've got this showcase system that they're going to do. Have so they, have they stated what the what the complication was? For yeah, um, there were there were a couple of issues. Um, they, in one case, uh, they had uh, one of their sponsors, at least if I remember. Uh, one of their sponsors backed out directly. But part of the issue was that some of the folks that they had in place at some of the sponsor organizations were the ones who were really kind of heading up that project, ah, okay. and they have since left. Okay. And when they left the company, no one else at the company knows how, to do it. knows how to do it or is picking up the ball, or perhaps the company said, yeah, well, that was kind of so-and-so's project. He's right. not here anymore, and we're not doing that anymore. Sorry, hate that for you. Right. So hopefully they'll get things back together, though, and they'll be able to stream it live next year. Right. But That's cool. I, I wonder, you know, it is expensive to stream live if you don't know how many people you're going to stream with. Right. You know, right. Uh, Drum and Bugle Corps, this is their week. There's another shout out to Drum and Bugle Corps. This is finals week in Indianapolis at the uh, Lucas Dome, you know, the big place. And they stream. And the first year they did it, it did not go well for them because <laughs> they didn't realize that, you know, the thousands of people that were going to watch the high definition stream. And, sure. And that can really take a toll on your bandwidth oh, and yeah. what you're in the machines you're using to push it with. I mean, every, yes. every year Apple does their uh, their big streaming. Every time, every year Apple does their big uh, conference and they try to stream. It's always kind of like, okay, are we actually going to be able to view all right. this? Or are we going to have to refresh? Is it going to? Are we going to hear? What was it last year? There was Chinese or something overlaid in the audio. Uh. And we saw, and then partway through, it went to like the the test pattern from the uh, the TV truck. So yeah, streaming is much more complicated yeah. than it seems. <laughs> yes. Than it seems. Yes. Um, hey, we're gonna throw a little lineup change in here. We're gonna jump into uh, every week. We like to do a uh, feature a, 
a music artist of the week. Cool. And um, uh, but this week we have uh, one that I'm going to let David introduce. David knows Shane Howard, and uh, I'll let him introduce this the the, the artist. And uh, we'll do one, maybe we'll do two songs, but another one later in the show. Okay, and, sounds uh, good, yeah. Um, uh, so I'm going to let him talk about Shane, because Shane is also an educator. Mm-hmm. He's in education, and I'll let David tell you more about him. So uh, our music feature, Artist of the Week. All right, the Shane Howard Band. Now, I do want to start out by saying that this Shane Howard should not be confused with the singer-songwriter who was also named Shane Howard from Australia. These are not the same people. Not, okay. uh, not the non-Australian Shane yes, Howard. Yes, no. This Shane Howard that we're showcasing today comes from Riesel, Texas. I think that's how you say that. Uh, a tiny little town of about a thousand people. Um, and uh, But uh, he actually used to perform with a group called Rampage back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. That's about right. Um, and, you know, like most bands, you know, people come, people go, things mm-hmm. happen. Um, and so ultimately, though, he formed his own group. It's a Shane Howard band. Um, over the last decade or so, they've seen some changes, but it's maintained itself as a Shane Howard band. Uh, and um, he's stuck with it. Um, they've actually opened for folks like Pat Green, Travis Tritt, uh, John Conley. There's a whole slew of other folks they've opened for. Um, really cool. Um, I met Shane several years ago at a conference um, through Kevin Honeycutt, yeah. of course. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, so um, we were all there, and then uh, if you fast forward a couple of years, last year or the year before, now I can't remember, it's all kind of a blur, um, I actually had the opportunity to um, quote-unquote perform on stage with uh, Shane and Kevin and the band, and uh, they had me up there. I was playing the bass, and through the course of the song, uh, my volume got lower and lower. <laughs> so, eh, you know, it's not what I do. Eh, what are you going to say? But anyway... Um, so uh, anyway, I've had a great time and I have known Shane for several years. And so the song that we've got, uh, the first song that we're going to play today is from their latest release, Rattlesnake Road. And the song is called My Town from the Shane Howard Band. Here's My Town, the Shane Howard Band. Town, nothing to do. Time stands still. Sometimes I'm blue. But one lane road and it leads nowhere. Try to get out just as fast as I can. Cause you ain't ever been nowhere.
periodic table, right? It is. False false it is a no one on the piano. Hey, that was Shane Howard band playing my town. That's that's Greg talking about the periodic table. <laughs> now, you're listening to radio.edutechguys.com. Uh, we're live on the radio right now, coming from the Southwest, Southwest Arkansas Educational Co-op. Sometimes my tongue gets ahead of my mouth. Um, uh, and uh, <laughs> It's not pretty. It is not pretty. <laughs> yeah, and now he's on Periscope with uh, his tongue hanging out. Yeah, that's why the fat guy keeps moving out of the screen. <laughs> um, uh, hey, listen, uh, if you'd like to see us live today, we're trying this is a little different. You can watch us on Periscope. Uh, so check us out on Twitter. Uh, there's a live link there. I just go to Periscope and search at your tech guys and catch the video. Uh, yes, we all have faces for radio, but, you know, <laughs> that's just the way it goes. So. Well, and part of the reason why we're doing this is because we needed to play around with Periscope, test it, um, test it out, see what's going on. But also because this Saturday, uh, Jeff is actually going to host a workshop for a Periscope-based conference. Yeah, Ed Camp Periscope. Hashtag Ed Camp Periscope this Saturday. Uh, One o'clock is when I signed up for. Um, So Is that that Central? Central Central time. Okay. Uh Sorry, sorry. Central Standard Time. Yeah, one o'clock this Saturday, Ed Camp Periscope. I have 20 to 30 minutes is what they're asking for uh, to do. um, I'm going to do Mixler in the classroom. Mixler. Doing broadcasting like we're doing here. Awesome. So that you can broadcast live from the classroom. Sweet. I'd um, uh, like to give a shout-out to Daniel Faulkner. Thanks a million, man, for always listening to us. And uh, Chad Brinkley. I think he's always online listening to us, too. Cool. Thank you uh, very give much. Those guys Appreciate a, give it. Give a shout-out. Listen, uh, if, you're, if you're listening to us, if you're out there taking a listen, uh, get the Periscope app. You can go to periscope.com. You can download it for either iOS or Android. Put it on your phone, and you can see us. And we're live. And so you'll see the same thing that's happening here in the studio, this luxurious 2,200-square-foot studio that we have here. Um, uh, it's really great. We finish the show. We go over to the hot tub, and we, we kind of relax and everything. We have a masseuse on staff. Yes. I'm kidding. Uh, we're coming to you from the Southwest Arkansas Educational Co-op. Hey, if you missed earlier in the show, not a problem. You can go to radio.edutechguys.com, click the show reel, and check out the show later. Immediately when we finish the show, we upload the show, and it's there probably within 10 minutes. So 410. 4.15, you can listen to the show all over again. You missed some uh, great talk on Windows 10 and uh, the perils and pitfalls and the ponies and lightning <laughs> that comes along with it. So there's good things and bad things with everything. Uh, hey, we're back, and we were going to talk about uh, there's a new uh, research piece out on iPads in the classroom. And it's funny, we've been using iPads for three years. Is that right? Three years. We're coming in our fourth year. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it, it's really interesting. The article that I was looking at is um, talking about how iPads are, you know, they are the dominant tablet in education. And, and they are the dominant tablet. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Now, undeniably, Google Chrome is starting to creep up. Oh, yeah. It's making its creep into, you know, the classroom, which it, 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 that's great. We all love Chrome. Uh, right. We love Chrome OS. And we, we're all using Google Apps quite heavily, even in an iOS-based uh, educational yeah, system. Yeah, if you're in education and you're not using Google Apps, then you, you've got problems. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> so, and then um, our listeners uh, drop to okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, But if you're using an exchange uh, for Microsoft. Oh. Anyway, so, no, I'm just giving you a hard oh, time. Oh, man. I'm just picking on Microsoft. No you are. This is, you are. Is it bad? <laughs> is it bad? Do you think we'll lose them as a we, sponsor? We, <laughs> <laughs> you cannot lose that which you never had. Oh. <laughs> this is not the sponsors you're looking for. No. <laughs> These are not the sponsors you're looking Anyway, um, yeah. Um, it's So it's funny. The iPad's five years old. Mm. And uh, it's been it has been the uh, ivory tower. You know, at the top of the hill in sure. for tablets, in yeah, tablets and education, uh, it's, it's really interesting to look at. The, this article has just some great stuff. University of California, Irvine's iMed Ed program. Uh, each of the 104 medical students in the class of 2014 received an iPad from the school when they started in 2010. Towards the end of the programs, this class scored an average of 23% higher on national exams than previous classes. That's an interesting number. Now, I know it's 104 kids, and I know it's a med school. So you're talking about, right. you know. Cream of the crop. Yeah, there. which of these gold coins is the best? Right, exactly. You know, so, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's some other stuff on there, and uh, that's emerging, emergingedtech.com, E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G-E-D-T-E-C-H.com. If you'll go there, you'll find that on their home site. You'll see that article there. But they talk about uh, 
kindergartners in Auburn, Maine. There were 266 of them in uh, the study group. And those who, those who used the device scored higher on literacy tests. Yeah. And they were more interested in learning and excited to be there. Well, sure they were. You know, Good. It's let, an let me iPad. see. Which, which is going to be more enthralling to me, a te- textbook or an iPad? Let me think about that. Yeah, you know, just, the, just having that piece in there. And but, then one more that's on there is pretty neat is uh, eight positive findings from, from a four-year one-to-one iPad initiative, iPad initiative. And it was the Franklin Academy High School in North Carolina. They, in, they initiated a one-to-one iPad program in 2010-2011 school year, which pretty much was right, right out of the right shoot. Yeah. Right. So those are iPad 1s, <clears throat> right. you know. Um, in 2014, this last April, uh, April, sorry, 2014, two years ago, they released uh, the result. And the, the study results indicated that these students exhibit the following positive student behaviors. They had increased motivation, high confidence level with the use of technology. They, they searched out opportunities for collaboration. Um, efficiency in completing tasks they were self-directed and you know therefore extending the learning opportunities since they were self-directed um developing skills as a problem solver that's the big one that's the one one you always hear uh, as the thing that's lacking in students today is the fact that they aren't problem solvers so and i love this one increased independence towards becoming a continuous learner Mm. you know and and interestingly enough you can say that about an ipad but i will go ahead and say is in 2010 had they given every kid a chromebook they might have found the same stuff. Right, exactly. You mm-hmm. know, it, this has well, to do with the one-to-one. Is it giving as them as the as technology idea, right. as their, their tool? Right. And, and I think in a second when we start talking about digital natives, right. I think yeah. that's going to be the interesting thing is, you know, that's the that's the new tool. For us, it might be the cool protractor or the clicky pit, the mechanical pencil. <laughs> you know, like, hey, I got a mechanical pencil. That was a tool to us, but it was a really tar- you know sharp, cool tool. Mm-hmm. Or, or the multicolored pen. <laughs> the big, they had the black and the green. Well, and the red. Uh, you know, and it's but you know what's funny about each of those. Well, I don't maybe not maybe not the protractor, um, <laughs> but but in terms of you know you're talking about especially mechanical pencils, uh, you know they're still banned from certain classrooms, you know because it's right. a mechanical pencil. Like really, you got to be kidding me with that. <laughs> but where I was where I where mm-hmm. I want to come back to is exactly what you brought up, and that is if they had been giving some given some other tool. Let's just say it was a Chromebook. Let's just say there was, I don't know, an Android tablet that they were all given one-to-one. Right. Would it have made a difference? My question is, and, and I'm sure the studies, or I would hope anyway, and you know, we haven't delved that deep into the actual studies themselves, right. but obviously the tool is, well, maybe not obviously, but I would venture that the tool is not the issue. The tool is not what helped raise the test scores is not what helped these students achieve these particular skill sets but rather how they used that tool right it's not so what i would like it's not a silver bullet you can't just throw it at the wall and and have magic results uh, exactly and so what i would hope is that as part of these studies those are the kinds of things that they talk about in the studies What what were the apps that these students were using how were they using those tools that led to these, you know, particular uh, yeah. results. Right. But you know, I think and at then, the same time, of okay. course, you have to figure out, okay, so they were able to achieve, you know, these specific examples were able to achieve these particular things. Right. Of course, the next question is, how do you replicate that? Right. What, what were the what good the things steps? that happened right. that we could take and show to everyone and say, Yes, this is what happened, and yes, you could replicate this. Likewise, what happened that absolutely failed? Right, right. Why? And this, I, you know, I, I don't necessarily mean to sound like you know a curmudgeon or anything, but <laughs> why only twenty three percent? You know, of an increase. Right. right. What, what was the what you know? You know but twenty three percent. That's a, oh, yeah, I agree. That's phenomenal. Right, exactly. I can get twenty three percent more back on my taxes. I would be happy. <laughs> Goodness, yes. Tomorrow they said, "Hey, we'll give you twenty three percent raise." Okay, oh, right. Maybe right. I'm in. I, I, and I'm with you. I you know, interestingly enough, I think that's the key, though, is when I look at those 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 eight things that they did that mm-hmm. changed. You know, I think that the cool part is that as as kids, you and I went to the library and we could use the World Book or Encyclopedia Britannica. Right. And that was it. Yeah. Now, you know, I don't think th- I think the key in using the tool correctly, and it makes me wonder if this happened over five years at that school, was the kids had the opportunity since they were self-directed to go. What's the best app for me to find the information sure. that I'm looking for? Sure. Because right. you know, we use Google, but someone might still use 
the Microsoft Pop Bounce, whatever that one is from Microsoft. But you know, they, they still might use that. <laughs> These guys hate it when I when I bash Microsoft. Well, it's I'm not. not it's it's just that you know what. If there's any a chance, if there was ever a chance at all that they might end up being a sliver of a sponsor. <laughs> now, now, Microsoft no. will never sponsor. I will not let that happen. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I, no, I'm just giving them a hard time. It was, yeah. it was pick up. But Microsoft anyway, day. anyway. But yeah, th- I think that so you know that rolls us into. Let's talk about this great article. Um, if you're listening to us, edutechguysradio.com. Hit us at radio.edutechguys.com or go to mixler.com/edutechguys. If you go to Mixler, you can sign in. Um, and you can see the chat and the whole bit. I think you see the chat without that. You can see the chat on the site. Um, I'm posting the links right there. So you can get a hold of the links that we're talking about right, right here. These articles. This is a great article, and, and it's uh, it's the absurd and unfounded myth of the digital native. So we're going on to the second article now. Well, and I think that, uh, yeah, we're going to move on to this one. And right, the reason right. I'm just, doing just that. Just to make that clear. We're, yeah. We're the, going to have to practice those segues, okay? <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. The reason I was throwing that out there is because it, talking about tools – that's pretty much what that article is about. Right. It's about, you know, and he talks about a Spanish uh, social media piece called Twinte, which is a, it, it's a closed, non-indexable site. So it's pretty much like, well, you know, what happens on Twinte stays on Twinte. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, the thing is, is that just because you might stay glued to that screen using Twinte does not mean that, does not imply that you're a master of any type of technology. Mm-hmm. Right. Or even right. Twinte for that matter. Right, exactly. And, and, I, and I, I have to agree that, you know, to, we're talking about that we're, we're talking about young people that don't even have just like the capability of like critically assessing what they're doing. They're just using it to get that one. You know, the one thing that if I push the, if I push the tic tac toe button, then a piece of corn falls out, and that's I get my corn and I win tic tac toe. So I think that that's the big deal there, is what he's talking about, and I'd have to agree with that. We yeah. say a lot in education. Well, these kids are digital natives. You know, they they pop out and they're ready to use a smartphone. <laughs> uh, that's that's not true. And and I think it goes right back to we talking about the iPad results there. And what you said mm-hmm. is that what are they using? What mm-hmm. apps are they using? <coughs> are, are they critically thinking and assessing what they need to to download and what they need to do? Right. And I, and I think that comes into what teachers are doing in the classroom, and that's the hard part is extending the lesson, is you know figuring out how to use that tool in the lesson giving the students the opportunity to discuss amongst themselves and say, well, I'm using this app or I'm using this app and, and find that piece that fits best for them. Because that is still true, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, I like a Ticonderoga pencil. You know, I think it's one of the better pencils out there. It's a number two. It's such a great pencil. And I actually <laughs> like writing with a wooden pencil. I never really liked mechanical pencils. I know that, that dates me completely. Dadgummit, shut down the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're fired, Jeff. You know? <laughs> but, you know, I think that's what – if you want to take a look at that article, like I said, we po- I posted it on the chat there at Mixler. Um, but, yeah, I think that the digital native piece is not just about school. It's also about parents. I think I think where digital sure. natives really came to be a thing where where everybody said, oh, yeah, digital natives and everybody who was afraid to use technology or was perhaps it was they said, oh, yeah, digital natives, because they just go and do it is mm-hmm. because the, the, the difference between what – a non-native, quote-unquote, um, sees whenever they, they use technology versus a, quote-unquote, digital native. Is the, the really, the only difference is the fact that these digital natives are just not afraid to use technology. That doesn't mean that they will actually use the technology for a, an educationally valid pursuit. Sure, or, sure. Or even to the, or to the fullest extent of that, of that pursuit. Um, but I think the first step is is not being afraid to jump out and just click on buttons and say, oh, how does this work? Oh, that didn't work. Right. Let's try right. something else. Well, you know, right. and I think that saying this whole thing about digital natives, you're born in the Internet age, so you're a digital native. Right, exactly. I think that leads teachers and parents and adults to think that, oh, well, we don't have to teach them anything. That's completely wrong. Absolutely. Right. Because the, he refers to them as digital orphans. <laughs> because we've thrown well, we've thrown them into this world thinking, oh, that'll be fine, you know. They figure it out. Yeah, there you go. go My on. grandkids know how to do this. Exactly, and I, and I think that <clears throat> so that means actually we should pay more attention to the fact that you know they are not digital natives. They some of them become that way, sure, right, exactly. depending on their household or depending on their experience or just how 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 able they are to self teach and to organize in their heads. Okay, here's all the different pieces of this program. Here's the way I can use them. Some people. They're just very adept at sort of building that map in their heads automatically. Sure. Um, and I think that's really one of the things that 
people who are intimidated by technology, they have a hard time automatically building that map. It just doesn't automatically assemble. They have to very consciously assemble that sort of well, thing. Well, and that's what I wonder in some of those other studies, especially the one where you had those eight things that those students you know, learned. And some of those things were where they, you know, they learned those critical thinking skills. Um, you know, how much of that was self taught, self-learned, yeah. right, self-directed critical thinking. <clears throat> but I would venture that actually a lot of that was uh, Seeds taught for, for lack of a better term. Right. You know, we have to educate the students on how to, and not just students, you know, we, Teachers, that's part of what I, guys, one of the things that we do is in our training. You do when we're training, you know, yeah. yeah, you know, as we're training teachers and we're training administrators, that's part of what we do. We have to teach them, yeah, here's here's Google and all of its Googleness. All right. Right. But what do you what do I do with that? And so when I search for something, how do I know that the top three results that I see are not really the top three results? Right. They're a, all sponsored ads. Right. Oh. And then even beyond that, okay, so I've learned that part. Now I have these 550 million other results that I got back. Right. How do I know just looking at those little snippets? Oh, nope, that's not a good one. Oh, yeah, that's a good resource. That's not, you know. Right. And that's where that critical thinking, that research comes in. And I think those those types of things are the skills that really that's where we need to be teaching these so-called digital natives. Yeah. I, I will say, uh, digital natives to me, I think I think did one huge injustice, frankly. <laughs> And, and that is, it gave people who don't consider themselves to be digital natives. Exactly. Right. It's like, oh. oh, I'm not a digital native, so it's okay if I don't know Thanks that this email from, Nicar- from, from Nigeria <laughs> is not legitimate. Or this text message that I just got on my phone telling me that my master minus slash card has been <laughs> hacked and shut right. down. Right. I don't have to know that because I'm not a digital native. No. No. Right. Well, it, it's interesting. The article also talks about the labor market and the fact that they're looking for kids, you know, people entering the market that can use it intelligently. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that aren't just going to – they just say, oh, I use my, my smartphone to send a Snapchat. Right. You know, how, I'm looking for people that can use technology intelligently. Right. And, and, and I think that's the big kicker. You know, Chad Brinkley uh, is on – Edutech guys chat mixler.com slash edutech <laughs> you can follow on the chat there and, and give us some messages and he said you know getting teachers to encourage creation versus consumption skill and drill pales in comparison to book creator and apps that inspire creation and exactly. he's right exactly. we're, we're looking them it's not consumption and that's kind of what most people see when they see one-to-one in schools and they mm-hmm. see kids at a restaurant and they see kids in the back seat of a car with their head stuck in a, in a smartphone or a, or a tablet is they just see consumption, 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 consumption. Right. And let's be honest, that's what the majority of the net is at this point. And sure. It's consumption. But those that are actually, you know, and it's always been this way, forget technology. Those that create mm-hmm. move on. Right. Those that create, yeah. you know, yes. we remember they go down in history. They're the ones that own businesses. They're the ones that move forward. And, and, and not even that. They're the ones that become great parents. And just finishing up on that article, that's the thing. He writes that if when you parents need to start getting their head around the idea of preparing your children for a future that requires much more than simply surrounding them with devices. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it, parents are going to have to do that teaching at home. So when they come to school, you know, that's what they're ready to do. Sure. Um, so, yeah, that was a – we, we kind of got a little – we got carried away. Into that one, that's just Well, that's good. Like that's what we're here for. Exactly. Is it? Absolutely. You come for the tech, uh, you stay for the talk. I was here, <laughs> I was here to bash Microsoft. I don't no. I'm kidding. I'd like to say that I really enjoy Microsoft Server Pro. Yeah, what's funny is the yeah. fact that whenever I started working for Hope Public Schools, Hope Public Schools was all Microsoft. That's all I did. Exactly. That's all. That's, but, and I'm, I'm just giving it a hard time. Oh, yeah, exactly. I, for the fans. longest time, I, I, I used Microsoft as my primary device, and I still use Microsoft. I still use Windows every day. I mean, there's things I, I, I need it for. It is a business machine, and for me it is. I mean, it gets business done, and there's things that I have to use it for. Well, I, you know, and, and just, yes, we've been ribbing Microsoft and especially, you know, Windows 10, some of the quote-unquote features. Uh, 
It's an easy target. Look, oh. uh, you know, it just everybody, right. everybody loves everybody Every loves to. Plus, anytime anytime you have a new operating system, right? There's going to be bugs. There's going to be weird yes. stuff. You everybody know. ribs well, everybody. Greg, how, what, what was the number of downloads for Windows 10? Oh, it was like what seventy million in like the first week or something right. like that. Well, it was ridiculous. You know, come on, you know. Yeah. You know that's just going to happen. You, Greg's exactly right. right. And, uh, I think it's interesting that uh, you know I, I use what I use because it's got pretty colors and I'm old. <laughs> so I go, hey, look at pretty colors. You lie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, one more quick sh shout out on a different article that uh, we'll, we'll post out there on the, the good old chat. And in fact, let me, uh, let me copy it right copy now so I can put it out there. Um, it was a great article on uh, providing free uh, wireless hotspots, how some districts were closing the equity gap doing that. And, and right. uh, that's a really cool thing. Uh, and we've talked about that. We've all talked about that that's, before. That's definitely a, a necessary first step if you're going to be doing any sort of flipped classroom sort of thing where the kids do the work at home because so much of it is dependent on Internet access. Well, and I, I will tell you, at least here in Arkansas, and now I have not reviewed the rules, regs, what have you, in a long time. But uh, back when back – when we had where everything was essentially dial up. You know, the districts had a 56K line in those days, maybe had a T1 line. Um, many districts put in banks of modems and let the communities yeah, dial, dial in. in. And frankly, the state put the kibosh on that and said, ho, ho, you can't be using, you know, these school resources for the community at large. So until those types of things change, yeah, this is great, you know, free hotspots through the district. But you know, and, until the doors open at the governance level, we're kind of hogtied. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, uh, one of the things it talks about in there is Kajit, which we I don't know if you've heard of. You know, that's the one that provides free cell phones for kids, and mm. smartphones, and then they they also provide mobile broadband solutions for schools and school districts. So, yeah, that's what the article's getting at is you know, providing that. And you're right. You know, I remember the co-op used to have a bank of mm -hmm. modems right. way back in a long time ago. Yeah. You know, I used in, to ride my horse up in there. In the look long time. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> in the long time. But, you know, it's interesting. Uh, a lot of schools in, in Hope and Hope in Arkansas and schools around the country that are busing kids for a long period of time yeah. have put hot spots, yeah. uh, you know, cellular hot spots on the buses yep. so, yep. so the kids can, you know, still get stuff done, finish homework, you know, while away – the time because in this country there are some kids that spend hours on a school bus yes. just to get to yes. school so yeah. uh i tell you what we're going to do how about we hear another song from uh, your buddy shane howard okay sounds good uh, this is a song that uh that ranks really high on on itunes and it's called texas rain so here is the shane howard band with texas rain texas rain keeps falling out
There. We dropped internet connection for just a second. I think it hit one hour and it went boom. No, you can't have any more internet. <laughs> That's the way it goes. Hey, welcome back. That was the Shane Howard Band uh, with Texas Rain. Uh, we featured artists this week. Uh, Shane's a friend of uh, Kevin Honeycutt, plays in Tweetwood Tweet Mac yes. with him. Um, uh, if I remember correctly, Shane's a web designer. He's into education, he does the whole thing. And um, guitar player, singer, got yeah. his own band, and mm-hmm. they're really good. So we want to thank Shane for letting us. Uh, you know, previous music here today and yeah, all that kind of good stuff. Absolutely. I tell you what, we're getting ready to wrap up the show here. Uh, we've gone over an hour, but you know what? We don't care because uh, <laughs> it's our show. We can do what we want. <laughs> it's our show, and we can do. <laughs> that's that's a real song by the Shirelles. Did the Shirelles sing that song? I don't remember who sang that song. Hey, I want to talk to you about one more thing, real quick here, and we like to do the Google app. Of feature week. of the week. The Google, Google app feature of the week. <laughs> Google app feature of the week. <laughs> we just need to have a band sitting over in the corner, like on, like on you know, Jimmy Kimmel yes, Live or that's whatever. that's right. No, we're just going to put Greg on the drums. I'm going to play mandolin. You're going to play nose flute. <laughs> nose flute. <laughs> nose flute. <laughs> hey, yeah, um, that's uh, the Google breathe. app feature of the week, and I'm just about to post that on the old Twitter out there, um, is how to compare to Google Sheets. And um, that's to find duplicates or unique entries in, in two good different Google Sheets. And I know you've run into that before because I've run I into it. Everybody runs into it. Um, I'll post the actual article. Um, it's, it's got about, uh, oh, it looks like a handful, 78 steps maybe. No, there's six <laughs> steps on there. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> there's six steps on there. And, in fact, um, what's really nice about it is it's under add-ons, and it's called Remove Duplicates. And awesome. it gives you the opp- opportunity to compare two sheets and then find duplicates or uniques, which is really pretty cool. Yeah. So you can actually compare two sheets and set up your parameters and rock through that thing pretty quickly. Um, it's a really neat piece. I just wanted to give the shout out to cool. it so you knew that it existed. Um, that's our Google app feature of the week. Google app feature, feature of the week. <laughs> 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 I, like how, I like how David whispers it. Google no. app feature of the week. We're compelled to do it, but we don't want to do it very loudly. We don't want to be noticed for no, it. No, that's right. <laughs> So, um, yeah, um, I guess this is the end of this That's show. I can't believe it's this is our ninth show for the season. Yeah, I, this has been awesome. And mm, uh, yes. I, today flew by. I don't know for the listeners or the people who have been watching on Periscope. They may have been, may have, this, may, this may have been absolutely yeah. painful, <laughs> painful <laughs> but they're finished. Yeah. But uh, no, I, this, this, was, this was a lot of fun. Hey, I just want to say real quick um, in terms of upcoming shows um, for the folks listening out there. Um, in a few weeks, we're going to have Ginger Lumen, who is, uh, to me, if, if you look at her stuff, um, she is one of the uh, queens of project-based learning. Um, we are going to, in September, uh, we're going to have Dave Ramsey, who is the guy behind... Teach like a pirate, matey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so we've got him coming up, plus uh, a whole slew of other guests there will definitely be times where we just kind of sit around and chat like we did today. So yeah. um, definitely thanks to everyone who has tuned in uh, to today's show, previous shows. Thanks for watching us on uh, Periscope. Yeah, so I'm Jeff Madlock. 
I'm Greg Moore. And I'm David Henderson. Hey, we will see you in the funny papers. You've been listening to EduTech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site this program are those of participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out My Flex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work? Increase achievement for all student populations? Reliably meet tier one standards? You, you can, can do, do it, it all, all. But, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.